Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasures. Welcome woot, to another woot. episode of Guilty Movie Pleasures. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host once again today, Jesse McIntosh. Thank you very much. That is real applause that it's generated new every single time. We have a, a studio of fans in the other room, and we record their applause before we start, and then we play it for you all. There it is again. Um, I am joined today by a very special guest, comedian and YouTuber, host of Why Aren't You Watching yeah. on Popcorn Talk, Anatomy of a Movie. On After Buzz. Did I switch that? He switched I it. switched that. So why are you watching After Buzz TV? Anatomy of movie. Popcorn talk. And the twisted maid. The twisted nanny. Oh, you guys Get it, it all right, up. Jesse. The on twisted Lifetime. nanny on Lifetime. Check it out on Lifetime. We have a very special guest, Tara Erickson. Hi, guys. I had it, and then we added an additional credit moments before we started. And um, that's what and messed them all up. And it everything off. Yeah. Every, the dominoes fell. Um, also, renowned Domino's faller. Yeah, it's because he's not a professional. That's, you know, it's like, oh, I get one detail and I start malfunctioning. That's a really good, we don't know good. each other too well, but that was a really good impression of me. I know. You've clearly been watching. Boom, baby. Just my, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your breakdowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you so much for joining yes, us. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Tell me uh, about all of those things that you do. <laughs> Well, Why Aren't You Watching is a brand new show on AfterBuzz TV where I tell you what to watch weekly. I choose a new show that I think is bomb diggity dang. Uh, talk about it, break down. Um, anatomy of a movie, I love. We talk movies. Um, so we and, keep And the it, anatomy thereof. The anatomy thereof. We, uh-huh. we break it down. Sure. To just the core parts. There's one thing I know. I know breaking it down. <sighs> Uh, I just did a little breakdown there. And then, yeah, uh, I, w- I was, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, a lead in a movie called The Twisted Nanny. No, I'm not the nanny, but I am the lead. I play a mom. Uh, and it airs on Lifetime, and it's still airing now. So, But, and, but you are not twisted. I'm, I'm, I'm not twisted. Okay. Nope. I'm the only one in that movie that is not a crazy lady. Well, congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. So check all of those things out. What should you be watching? It's The Twisted Nanny <laughs> and uh, the two shows here at After Buzz and Popcorn Indeed. Talk. So there we go. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you chose the movie today. I always like to have, when we have special guests on, we always like to give them the floor. Um, and you chose for us today Bowfinger. Yeah. Tell us why. Oh, God. I love everything about this movie. Um, I think Eddie Murphy just does a phenomenal job. I, throughout my life, since I've seen this movie, walk around just being like, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, <laughs> from this movie. That is my phrase that I have now made mine since 1999. And that was a rhyme, but that's when the movie came out. Sure. So Happy accidents. Uh, yeah, this movie, it's just so good. And it's so, it really, really hits hard on the tropes of Hollywood and L.A. Yes. Um, and, you know, we're, uh, I live here. You live here. Mm-hmm. We're doing the hustle. And uh, when I when I was recently rewatching, I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is all so real. It's, <laughs> it's I, I definitely had a new perspective on it watching it now than when I saw I think I actually saw this one in theaters in 19, in 1999. You as well? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember really liking it and thinking it was funny. Um, but I didn't honestly remember too many details about it. I rewatched it uh, recently. Um, and just to piggyback on what you said, I thought <laughs> like this is going to sound ridiculous, but I thought Eddie Murphy gives almost like an Oscar level performance when he comes in as the brother. Yes. And he's a totally different person. It's not like a character he's doing. He just like completely disappears. He's Eddie Murphy. Uh, he, Kit is Eddie Murphy. Yes. And it's very like obvious. Yeah. And then when he comes on about halfway through the movie as the brother, it's just it's stunning the transformation that he makes. I completely agree with you. When he comes in his gif and he just like he changes like his whole body and his mouth and he's just like his voice. But it's not like what you said. It's not like a character put on top of like a person. It's like he just becomes this like nerd alert with braces and you just believe him Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Every second. Yeah. Yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, it's I, I it like made me think a little bit about like Dave Chappelle and Nick Swartzen for some reason were the two people that it made me think of. But it was just like when those guys do characters like that, it always feels like a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it always feels like they're projecting a little bit too much. And this was just so seamless and so beautifully done. Um, so. Okay, so Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin. Are you a Steve Martin person? Yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Steve Martin? He's a, uh, I don't he's know. He's a good one. Let's, uh, let's throw it out tonight. <laughs> How many of you don't like Steve Martin? I'm in the, I'm in the chat. Jonathan Peck, uh-huh. you let us know if Steve Martin's a yes or no. I'll keep checking in. There you go. We'll monitor that situation. We will. As we go. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, how many times have you seen this movie, do you think? Uh... Maybe like five, which is not a ton. I know that's not a ton. I do adore this movie. Uh, yeah, probably like five times. Okay. Okay. Is it, um, are you, is it your favorite Eddie Murphy performance? Is it your favorite Steve Martin? Like, do you, do you have a list like that? Is it just sort of like exist outside of those parameters? I guess I don't really have a list like that. Uh, it would be harder to say, I think, for, Steve Martin, because, like, I always remember Father of the Bride mm-hmm. for Steve Martin. I don't know why. That's, like, the first movie always comes to mind. And he was great in that. But, yeah, I guess for both of them, I would be like, I love them both the most in, in Bowfinger. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just, it's so good. Yeah. I think uh, I think the first thing, I would have to check the uh, chronology on this. But the first thing I think I saw Eddie Murphy in ever was Dr. Doolittle. Oh, yeah. Which, which is not great. Mm-mm. Not my favorite. Um, so yeah, I would have to. I, I mean, this is obviously not an iconic Eddie Murphy performance. Those come much earlier. Um, but for me, I think this was the first thing that I saw him in that I loved him in. I yeah, think. Um, I would agree with you on that because I know he did a lot of like the the Doctor Little and then the other movies where he did play a lot of characters transforming. Yeah, but it's nothing like it is here in Bowfinger. Yeah. Um, so we, we've just spent a lot of time, like genuinely praising the movie yeah. Bowfinger, 
which is very funny. Um, and we are going to uh, wait. Uh, I just want to check in with Ryan. Ryan, you said you've never seen this movie. Never seen the flick. Okay. Um, do you have an explanation for yourself, or uh, I think it's just sheer uh, lack of effort on my part, and yeah. I really blew it on this one, guys. And yeah. you know, maybe I'll make a promise to see it. Maybe you you'll make a promise is about as. Weak a commitment Vegas as we could have possibly convinced. gotten from Ryan. Well, maybe we can convince you as we go through. Um, Let's do it. We are going to do uh, the plot in under three minutes. Okay, I love it. Jonathan Peck and Crazy Nut Fifty Six said yes, yes, yes for Steve Martin. Fantastic. All right, good, good. So plot we're, in under three minutes. We share the three minutes, right? We're going to share the three minutes. Great. This is uh, much harder than it sounds. We're um, going to do it. And we're going to do it. Uh, we'll just volley back and forth. Yep. I will kick it off, Ryan. We'll and I'll count you in. Y'all yep. are starting the plot in under three yes. minutes. In three. Making me sweat. Two. Okay. One. All right. So we start on Steve Martin, who's uh, he's uh, out, out, out of work, out of luck, uh, movie producer slash director. Um, he gets a script. He's finishing the script from an accountant that he knows. Um, he calls the accountant. He calls everyone in for the meeting, the accountant, the actor. And he's like, we're going to make this movie. This is a brilliant movie. It's about aliens coming down in the rain. He's like, I have a, a meeting with a producer and I'm going to pitch this to him today. So he goes, he meets Jamie Kennedy, who gives him a car. Yes. Um, he steals a suit. He goes, he meets Robert Downey Jr., meets... I put in quotation marks because he's sort of like Jerry crashes the meeting. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I have this great movie here. It's a script. Do you want to read it? And he looks through and he says, no, absolutely not. He says, what if I get a uh, kit to be yes. in it? And he says, if you get kit, then you can do it. Yeah. Yep. And then he uh, he goes and he asks, he try, he sneaks into Kit's place and is like, hey, uh, here's a script. Kit's like, get out of here. Uh, Steve Martin mentions uh, Mindhead, uh, <laughs> but that does not go over well. He eventually gets kicked out of the limo. And so he convinces the team that he actually hired to be in this movie, which includes Heather Graham. She comes in, she's like out of Minnesota and like sees a sign and is like auditions. And like they hire her. And mm-hmm. then um, uh, a few other people, anyway. Hoosier, uh, he tells the team that uh, Kit cannot see the camera, does not need to know who the actors are. We have to act around him so that they can still have Kit in the movie and have Jerry Renfro, like, produce it. Yeah, so unfortunately what they don't know is that Kit is deathly afraid of aliens, it sounds like, (laughs) Um, and they're making an alien movie, so uh, all the, like, hidden camera, all the, like, ambush-style cinema that they're doing is all, like, presenting him with these alien-possessed people or people who are afraid of aliens, so it really starts to get in his head about it. They, like, uh, Heather Graham runs out of his house, like sneaks into his house and runs after him uh, in the car. And he's like, who's Keith? She's yelling Keith. Um, and then they like, he's at lunch and Christine Baranski comes up and gives like a tremendous monologue. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and he One starts minute. to freak out. Uh, and then, uh, and then they, so they, Heather Graham wants to like get more scenes in where she's naked. Um, and so they're like, all right, well, we need a double for that. So they do auditions for a butt double and they find Eddie Murphy's brother. Yes. And then Eddie Murphy is in the movie. They have a whole scene, the freeway scene. Oh my God, it's the best scene. Um, <laughs> so they pick that up. Uh, Jif, Jif, his brother, he does all these scenes and then eventually it's revealed that Jif is actually Kit's real brother yep. and they have a hard time being like, uh oh, like how are we going to complete this movie? Um, and. And then, and then uh, how uh, does it? Christine Baranski had, had like walked in on him in a clothing oh, yeah. store, and she was like, "I know where I'll be." So they go and they like ambush him at this clothing thing, and he starts running away, and he gets into the car with Heather Graham. And Heather Graham's like, "Let's go to the observatory, and then right. we can defeat the aliens." But Minehead found out about it, so they 
come in and try and stop it, and then uh, they shut it down, and they're like... But they get undercover footage of Uh Eddie Murphy showing his it to the Laker girls, and then they get their movie made. Yep, and Uh, they watch it, and then he gets to do a movie in Taiwan. Yeah! (laughs) We did it. Ooh, that's like Ooh. that's stressful. I can't. I would not be able to lead that. I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. It's uh, I've I've done it multiple times where I've rolled right into doing the podcast after immediately having seen the movie, and I still, still can't, can't do it. It's really, really hard. <laughs> it's to hard. Do. Yes. Um. But so let's get into let's get into this movie a little bit. Let's um, do it. All right. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh. <laughs> so uh, the first sound clip is actually uh. The very beginning, um, where Steve Martin is going reading this script and he's talking to his dog, who I love the the runner of the dog just like sleeping on its yeah. back with his legs splayed out. It's a <laughs> tremendous visual that Betsy. we get. Over Sweet and little over and Betsy. Over um, but so uh, he's reading the script and he's talking to the dog and he says this to his dog It's now or never. And that really sets it up right there. It's now or never. <laughs> we don't really ever get real stakes as to why. Like the the few sort of like ends that we're sort of piecing together are Steve Martin is forty nine yeah. and fifty year olds don't get jobs in Hollywood. Right. Um Christine Baranski is going she's about to accept a small role in cats mm-hmm. um non locally. Um so she will not be available to his production either. Um, and those, those are the only like real reasons we get for why it has to be done right now. But I appreciate his ambition. I appreciate uh, the urgency that he feels yeah. in himself. Ageism in Hollywood will really make you run quickly. I guess so. Yeah, it will. I, will it? I know it. <laughs> there you go. A cautionary <laughs> tale. Um, so, like we said, he reads the script and he loves the script. And uh, we never really find out what is going on in this movie really like he gives us sort of an overview um aliens are coming down in the raindrops Mm -hmm. um but aside from that do you know what happens in this movie no just that the (laughs) that kit ramsey is being like tortured by these people because he prefers alien love and they like worked in all this like alien stuff into it and you know death and no it's like they make fun of the tropes of like action movies yeah. and then like sci-fi and then everything else i guess i guess i guess it's like funny i mean it makes sense within the context of this movie but it makes sense that we never see a scene that doesn't involve him right right we never like see contextualizing uh like anything at all we, you mean without kit yeah without kit right yeah i mean they use his what's his brother's name right his Tiff? brother yeah you're right except for nope i'm wrong uh yeah you're right it was only ever jiff which is plays GIF, kit right. uh the i guess yeah all the scenes were with him the entire time yeah and the only jiff scenes are the one that you refer to where he's running across the highway yeah i'm not really sure what what good that does that one end where he has a set he has a sexy scene with heather graham when she takes off her top he does have a hot 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 scene my god that's my favorite part when he smiles and did his that was ad lib he smiles at heather graham you get a pickup of him in his braces and he's like you're doing great and he's like (laughs) 
you're gonna be a star and he's just smiling like that the whole time that was all ad lib and i'm like thank god they kept that in and is one of the funniest parts in the movie i to did me. not know that that's yep. very funny and it also like sort of uh i guess sort of softens the blow like he's sort of our avatar in that yeah. moment of mm-hmm. like oh i'm not super comfortable yeah. with what they're doing here so good. <laughs> yeah uh-huh um okay so he calls this uh his crew uh and he's letting them know that he's going to meet with the big time producer to see if he can get this movie made. Uh, and he gives him this sign off here. I will see you at the Oscars. I <laughs> high hopes for chubby rain. Oh boy. Is it? I'm trying to think of, um, a low budget science fiction alien movie that, that has, has made it to, to the, the Oscars. Oscars? <laughs> I don't think there has been one. Right. There was that, uh, what was that space movie with Sandra space Bullock Jam. like three years ago? Gravity. Yeah, that would have gotten Oscar, right? Yes. But that's not. I know that's not. That's not low budget. <laughs> I know it. You guys are like that wasn't low. I get it. Right. But um, I was not in love with that movie. I mean, I thought it looked very cool. I understand why why it did win an Oscar. I don't remember any Hoosier. Um, that's the only sci-fi movie that I can, or space type movie that right. I can think of that has won an Oscar recently. Right. Um, I would have to look at a list. That'd be great. If they added in space jam, that would give me hope of just like, Hey, I'm in stuff sometimes. And maybe I have a chance at being on that stage and holding that little, that little golden statue. There, look, there's hope. Everyone has hope. And that is the story of Bowfinger. Bowfinger. Is it's true. Everyone has a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, then we get introduced to Eddie Murphy, who uh, is wanting. He also wants an Oscar, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. he's uh, That's our introduction <laughs> to him is he's talking about how he wants a meaty role and all the meaty roles go to white guys like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, And so he's talking about how he wants like a catchphrase and his agent is pitching him. And uh, this is their interaction right here. You say, I enjoy meeting you, Cliff. Then you push the guy right over the cliff. That's too much for the audience to have to think about. They have to know that the guy's name is Cliff, that he's on a cliff, and that a cliff and a cliff is the same. It's too cerebral. (laughs) (laughs) He's right. He's right. That's a metaphor, and we can't be dealing with metaphors. No, audience, we don't want that. We want literal. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, as an example, his uh, hasta la vista, baby, is the example <laughs> that he gives there um, when he's talking to his agent. So he wants a meaty role. He wants a fun sign-off, um, and he's not getting it. None of the scripts that are coming in are are what he wants. Um, so that's our introduction to Eddie Murphy. I've also found it interesting because it plays such a big part in what's going on. We don't... I. It's just crazy to me that, like, it's not common knowledge in the world that he's afraid of aliens. Like, there's no mention of aliens until he makes it to Mindhead. To Mindhead, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's with his... Um, I guess you're right. He doesn't really have like that, like anxiety ridden. No, he's like cool guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I guess you're with his agent. He didn't come off as like, uh, there's no part. I can't remember, but I think you're right. There's no like conspiracy theory type deal in his conversation with his agent. No, he's just being sort of a diva. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It doesn't, doesn't really come to play until he gets in Minehead, but it makes sense where why you would keep that all locked inside because Minehead sure. is based off like Scientology. So yes. I assume if you went outside of Scientology, you probably wouldn't want to talk about it until you get to the true 
truth meter at Mindhead, and then you're like, I want to show it to the Laker girls and aliens, you know? These these are two, like, very specific and very strange things that are going on with Eddie Murphy, and they're just, like, very fortunate that of the confluence of events here that they're making an alien movie, and that's his thing. And that he wants to expose himself to Laker girls. Right. And they were able to capture that. I also find it funny, we're going to skip ahead for a moment, that uh, in the B-roll footage, mm-hmm. when they see him exposing himself to Laker girls, no one who caught that footage was ever like, hey, Bowfinger, we got, there's a situation here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we caught him uh, disguising himself and exposing uh, Full Frontal to the Laker girls. Probably because they were they were brought in from the desert and have seen it all, so that footage was like just another day. Sure, sure, <laughs> perhaps. Although we we get like a little glimpse of them at the end, like apparently and they're, they're experts professionals now, which I I adore that moment. Yeah, it's just osmosis. They yeah, brought it all in. It's great. Um, this script is brutal. Let's hear uh, number four, because I forget where this is from. It's all good. It's all good. It's, uh, his script is butter. What? Butter, uh, butter. This stuff is butter. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's all good. It's, uh, it's a cheeky baby. It's... Well, that's why I didn't recognize it's it because uh, I was autocorrected. Brutal uh, for butter. Got the it. Is butter, butter, yeah. butter, 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 butter. Um, yeah. So that's uh, Steve Martin. So after he goes uh, and meets Robert Downey Jr. Um, and he's there's a couple of fun gags in that scene. Mm. The first, which we have to mention, is his tiny ponytail, which is extremely distracting. For the first ten minutes of the movie, he just unclips it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your reaction to the unclipped ponytail? Oh, God. I mean, when he's like, oh, yeah, you can... Doesn't he say, like, oh, you can... He, like, takes it off, and then he has it, and then... And then it comes up on the... takes it out of his pocket. <laughs> yes, when he <laughs> hands him the card, and yeah. he's like, oh, you can... Uh, doesn't he say, yeah, like, oh, like, you can have you can, that? You can have that. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that made him look younger? Because he's been grasping for youth here. Was that, like, <laughs> an attempt to be young and hip? To have a tiny... Clip on ponytail in 1999. Yes, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Hop, we hopped in a time machine for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does that, and then he also uh, yanks the car phone. I love this part out of out of the car that he's stolen temporarily. Um, he tucks the cord into his sleeve, and he he he's talking on the phone. And he gets away with it at first, and then when he goes to shake Robert Downey Jr.'s hand, he has to take it out. And then when he makes another call to Eddie Murphy, he just the cord is exposed. <laughs> and he's just talking to no one. He's having an entire conversation. Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr.'s like, hey, do you mind if I talk to him? And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. He'll, oh, oh, hello? Hello? Kit? Kit? Yeah. Kit? Oh, bad reception. Kit? Yep. Um, and then, and then, he, so he hands him the script. Robert Downey Jr. reads the first page and the last page, and says, uh, "No, that's all right." Um, but he's, if he says, "But what if I can get Eddie Murphy to do it? What if I can get Kit to do it?" And he says, "Yeah, it, okay. If you can get Kit to do it, we'll do it." Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes. Uh, he sneaks in as the delivery guy, and he, uh, we can just hear this again. This is how he tries to like warm himself up to Eddie Murphy. Happy premise number one. Oh. There are. Let's go back to number four real quick. It's all good. It's all good. It's, uh, his script is butter. What? Butter, butter. This stuff is butter. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. It's, uh, it's a cheeky baby. It's... I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've never heard any of that before. It's a cheeky baby. It's a cheeky baby. <laughs> I'm using that 
now and forever. Yes. For anything good. And I, I'd be like, it's a cheeky baby. Well, and then the funniest part to me, it was it like got all muddled, so I couldn't grab it in sound. But Eddie Murphy just like uses it back to him where he's like, How do you know it's a cheeky baby? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, did you read my stuff? Um, so that's uh, so then, yeah, we talked about uh, he gets in the car with him because he's like, yeah, I'm going to Minehead also. He's like, I'll oh, come with me. And then we don't hear what happens, but he gets kicked out of the car. He obviously has been exposed as fraudulent. Um, but then we find out what Minehead is. He goes to this clearly like it's it's a cult like spa is the best I can describe it. And mm-hmm. everyone's wearing sort of paper triangle hats. Welcome to Mindhead. <laughs> that just keeps Welcome playing. to Mindhead. <laughs> On repeat. So uh, we get into the session with Eddie Murphy and his uh, his shaman. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. Um, and we find out what the three happy premises are of Mindhead. Let's hear that. <laughs> happy premise number one. There are no aliens. Happy <laughs> premise number two. Happy premise number two. There is no giant foot trying to squash me. <laughs> happy premise number three. Happy premise number three. Even though I feel like I might ignite, I probably won't. <laughs> Why does he say it so fast? It makes me laugh every time. And they're like, happy premise number two. And he's like, happy premise number two. Yeah. And you're like, God, it's so quick. I just can't wait to get it out. So great. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, I wish that I wish that they had incorporated all three of these things into their movie. We didn't. We never got a foot coming down on anyone. We, right. We did get people almost igniting twice with the the fireplace. Yes, in that's true. Steve Martin's house slash office. Flat. Yeah. Um. So this is uh, clearly a very specific and very uncomfortable uh, cult mm-hmm. that Eddie Murphy is involved in. That he pays so much money. Yes. For. Yes. Um. But. Uh, Steve Martin comes back to his crew, and as you said, in the three minutes, he's like, we're doing the movie. He's uh, he, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. He doesn't want anyone acknowledging that you're doing the movie, So, and he only wants to do one take of every <laughs> scene, which is uh, extremely unreasonable. Um, but they're working on a shoestring budget, so yeah. I, I guess I get it. I mean, it's so great, though, when he does come in, and he's like, he's... And he's thinking about telling him he didn't agree. Right. And it's as it's written in as though Steve Martin came up with it on the spot. And he's like, he's going to do it. He just, he can't know we're there. He can't know there's cameras and it's only one take. Yes. He makes it up like right on the spot. And you're just like, got it. And then he gives us the like uh, cork board. He's like storyboarded this whole thing. He's like, we only need him for six scenes, yeah. <laughs> which is also crazy. Um, but he's like, we only need him for six scenes. Um, and the first one is uh, him just leaving the house, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's the first scene in the movie because he gives us like the Sharpie cross off of the very first index card on his corkboard. Um, but the first scene in the movie is uh, Heather Graham running after him with a briefcase, yeah. screaming his name. Keith! Yeah. Keith! You have to got your briefcase! <laughs> and. She's doing an incredible accent, which so I'm not great. sure why. I don't know what it is. And everyone, <laughs> uh, both women, when they give their like emotional outbursts, oh. go like full, full body. On. Yeah. Christine Razzi, when she's like, she's like, damn you, why? And we, she's like, because you wanted, oh, do you have we it? We have it. Oh my so God, let's do number, I'm not going to do it. Let's skip ahead and do number seven. Yes, please. wasn't because you wanted to raise soybeans. You had to get away. Why? Why was it because you wanted me and it burned inside of you? I beg your pardon. Come back to Phoenix. Stop this madness. 
let me in on whatever mission this is that you're doing. Do you know who I am? Of course. You're Keith Kincaid. You've come down from Wyoming with your damn UFOs. You bastard! 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 <laughs> it's so good! But then she says, and she says, I know, all you wanted is alien love. And then she does this, the weirdest move is at the end, and she's like, going to get my umbrella and she like sings and and walks off at the end those are the last two lines it's an insane it's, performance it's crazy great bastard, bastard. but it's, it's so, good. so good it's so funny and i actually uh it made me want to know what part she got cast in in cats and me too i would have loved to see that version um say la vie yeah yeah I mean, uh, just watch all of Christine Baranski's movies, <laughs> and I think you'll get a you'll be fulfilled. Listen, the Good Wife, the Good Fight, hit Boom, them both. Baby. Yeah. Um, so uh, this was a conversation. Uh, so Christine Baranski really wants to like have a conversation with him before their scenes, um, and Steve Martin is like absolutely not. He won't do it. He wants like an authentic reaction. Um, and Christine Baranski says number six. He may not be a professional, but I am. Interestingly, um, right before we started this podcast, I went to go grab some water, and uh, Ryan and Tara were in here just chatting about what the show was going to be. Um, and I came back, I was like right on the outside of the door, and I, I heard, right before I walked in, this is what I heard Tara say. He may not be a professional, but I am. Like wow, it's true. <laughs> Did you see how badly he 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 messed up the intro? <laughs> we uh, everyone saw and heard, um, and no one was surprised. <laughs> I will say, everyone was like, "That's that tracks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense." Typical Jesse. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so Heather Graham wants to be in more of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Heather Graham uh, has aspirations to be a movie star, um, and she is going to sleep with whoever it takes. She sure is. To get there. So she starts uh, in a relationship, um, we'll say, with uh, the other actor. Yeah, like the lead, like, sexy guy. Yeah, the lead yeah. sexy guy, we'll call him. Yeah. Um, and then she she's like, I want to be in more of this movie. And he's like, all right, well, you're going to have to talk to the writer. Yeah. And she's like, oh, interesting, the writer. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> like, this entire movie relies on uh, just the dumbest group of people yes. that you could possibly find. Um, I'm I'm very concerned, for, like, with the amount of money that everyone got, like, all the union rules being broken oh, here. everything, because he says it only takes $2,184 to right. make a movie, which he, is one of my most favorite lines. He has that in cash and in ones. Yeah, in ones, in a little tin. In a little tin. He, he actually like goes through the whole story where he's like, every week since I was seven, yeah. I put a dollar. He doesn't account for inflation, which I think is a mistake, and I think a 49-year-old would have known that. Oh. Um, He's a 49-year-old trying to hustle still in Hollywood, so I don't think so. I mean, how he could have at least the $5 he spent on that ponytail, he could have put in that box. You know what I mean? That like, don't, ponytail gets him into the Ivy, Jesse, <laughs> and that matters. I I mean, he t- okay, fair, it's fair a, point. Uh, I tried to push okay. back, and I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't. Um, but so he has uh, $2,184 $1 mm-hmm. bills. 
Um, and sort of like towards the middle of the movie, he, he's down to like 17. It looks yeah. like I would love to know where he spent this money. Cause I don't think it's on locations or equipment or people cause they're stealing equipment and they're not paying people and they're yeah. just going to wherever they need Lunch. to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Starbucks. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. They do a lot of Starbucks. They do a lot runs. of Starbucks. Yeah. That's a big plug for Starbucks in this movie. Also, did you know that Heather Graham's character was based off Anne Heche? And there, what? yes, it's based off Anne Heche because Anne Heche ha- was known for having a, a relationship with an older guy, aka you know Steve Martin. In when Heather starts to sleep with Steve Martin, uh-huh. sleeping her way to the top, and then there's a callback line at the very end where it, um, Heather says like something about like um, getting. Uh, to sleep with, or I was with the most powerful lesbian uh, right, yeah, in, yeah. in like L.A. Yeah, and that's a call to Anne Heche when she was with Ellen DeGeneres. Interesting. And I, when I read that, I was like, "What?" That's so funny. That's it's it's hilarious. And there yeah. you go. There's there's, there's Anne Heche, baby. Yep. Um, that I so I assumed that they did that at the end just to make it less demeaning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because just it say, was like, pretty bad. Yes. Sh- yeah, it's it's pretty uncomfortable. Not super aged well. Yeah. Um, it probably wasn't great at the time. No, I have no but recollection. This movie would never pass now. I watch it and I'm like, there's no way that this movie they'd be like a okay. The one thing that you're like. Oh, maybe is that Heather Graham is making the decisions, yes. not the guys. Yes. She is totally in complete control of what she's doing with herself and her body, and she's choosing to do it. And the guys, like, I guess to their credit, are all, like, disappointed, but just sort of like, meh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I I guess I saw that coming they, a little bit. Yeah. I sort of knew in the back of my mind that's what was going on here. Yeah. Um, And they also do a thing, so I'm going to... I'm going to cut back and forth here. But uh, so because we were talking about her wanting to get in more scenes, she ultimately ends up with Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. And in that scene where they're about to have sex, uh, he steals her credit card and they have uh, a very funny exchange where they're both clearly using the other one for something. She is basically like, I would never take advantage of you. And he says, well, I would never break your trust. Um, And they're both clearly about to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I guess handled as best as you can handle something like this <laughs> yeah. in Bowfinger. Um, but so she, she wants to be in more of the movie. She's talking about all these things that she would do to get in the movie more. Um, she sleeps with the writer, uh, to get these scenes. And then the, the writer's like, well, uh, the decision comes down to Steve Martin. And she's like, all right, well then I'll sleep with Steve Martin. Um, and they go on and they have a date. Um, actually, uh, this is Heather Graham uh, saying what she would do um, for more scenes in the movie. You'll do this? Well, if I have to, if it's for the movie and you really, really want me to, and if it's not just about nudity, but if it's artistic and it says something about reality, and if it's in character and if it's for the scene, and if it's not just a body. Right, then... right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she's she has a standard. She she's got some morals. She does. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not living up to him, she's not going to do it. She's not going to do but it. But she would really like to do it. But she would really Please like to do, do it this. for some more screen time. Um, my favorite part about her going over to Steve Martin's place on this date is that Steve Martin has prepared nothing at all until the moment she knocks on the door, <laughs> and then he's got to like put the bed back in the wall, put the money away. He's got to light the candle, put the wine in the other bottle so it looks better. Tie up Betsy's legs together so they're not wide open yep um so he's got a lot going on here um 
there was one thing that I wanted to talk about also. Um, when So one of the scenes they shoot is in a parking lot. And Eddie Murphy is walking to his car in the Mindhead parking lot. And they're filming him. And behind the uh, row of cars, they have the dog walking in high heels to sort of make the noise uh, of Christine Baranski, who later we find out in the movie is like following him in the movie. Um, but she's not there at that moment. Um, and getting his genuine reactions of like, someone's following me. What's going on? Um, and this is incredible to me because I have a dog and we put our dog in, we went up to, um, up to Northern California. to like Lake Tahoe and we brought our little dog and it was snowing. So we got these like little shoes to put on her and dogs in shoes, they cannot do it. They freeze, right? They, they freeze and they start like walking in a really unnatural way. This dog was in high heels and was a champ. Yeah. It was incredible. When the, you watch it, you're just like, wow, this dog is so well trained to just be like, and she walks straight. She doesn't uh-huh. even walk weird. She walks totally. And then it's like, when he says stay, she's like, it's unbelievable. So ready. Her gait is natural. Yeah, it's, it's so at, true. It's at a proper pace. So great. It's well done mm-hmm. out of that dog. Um, so then uh, we have Eddie Murphy describing uh, what happens when uh, aliens come down. She wants to inhale my gonads. Say again. My gonads, my gonads. What they do is they come down and shake your hands. The aliens pretend they're shaking your hands, but they're not. They inhale your gonads and take them back to their world for special research. Special research. He's so like happy at the end. <laughs> um, I want to compare that because that was Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. To this is where we meet uh, the brother, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's brother, and <laughs> this is my. This made me laugh so hard when they asked him if he'd be willing to cut his hair because he's got sort of like. Almost like a mullet. Yeah. He's got like a long in the back, short up top. Um, they ask him if he'd be willing to cut his hair, and this is what he says. Would you be willing to cut your hair? Oh. Yes, but um, it's usually better if someone else does it. <laughs> he's just so embarrassed in he's, that moment. Yeah, and he's so matter of fact. And this that role, the Eddie Murphy role, is actually mm-hmm. originally written for Keanu Reeves. Which I can't even envision that ever. Like, I just can't. I I love Keanu. I mean, John Wick for life, baby. But, like, just this role, it's like Eddie Murphy is just so ingrained in my brain that I'm like, I wonder how Keanu would have played the two parts. Yeah, I've never seen Keanu in a comedic role where he's playing two. I actually, nothing against Keanu, but I think that it probably would have been bad. Um, I totally agree. And the Eddie Murphy was the best choice. Yes, this performance relies on a megastar and then like a complete counterbalance to that being played by the exact same person. Um, and like I, we've said, we've worn it out already. Eddie Murphy kills it. I don't know if... I don't know if Keanu could like morph into a nerd alert that you don't recognize. Right, yes. Um, okay, so they have uh, they have the brother... We're, uh, we got to cover a lot of ground here in a couple of minutes. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you want to take away the uh, the highway scene? Because that's your favorite scene, you said. Oh God, it's so good. They just tell him, they're like, listen, Jeff, you're going to go across the, the, the freeway. And he's looking at the cars. He's like, um. He's like, well, what about what about the cars? And they're like, oh, it's professional stunt drivers. And he just goes, he, he's smiling through his braces. And he's like, oh, 
professionals. Like, he believes them. He goes across <laughs> the freeway, and he's just against the wall. He looks terrified. It's so good. He comes out. Nope. He goes back a couple times. But um, he finally makes it all the way across. And when you watch that scene, it looks so realistic. Yeah. And um, uh, I realized that they CGI'd the cars in after. Um, they shut down a Los Angeles freeway for two days to film that scene. He makes it across. And they're like, great job. And he's like, Mother God, Mother God, Mother God. He's terrified. And they try to soothe him because he loves running errands. Steve Martin's, you know, what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you, you're going to go to Starbucks. You're going to get coffees. And he's like, yeah, I would, I, would, I would love to get some coffees. And then Steve's like, great. You're going to do that. But you're going to do this one more time. And it cuts to him doing it one more time and he's just yelling the entire time heavenly god heavenly god heavenly god which is just it's the best thing in this movie my my favorite part thinking about this scene is the idea that yes he had to run across for the shot twice but how did he get across in the first place in the first place so he had to go across (laughs) like four times four times because he had to go across to get there to to film it and then go across (laughs) again and come back across uh, so funny. So uh, they're celebrating the victory of this shot. They have they're all having a meal together, uh, shooting the crap, um, and it comes out that he's the brother. Um, and so uh, and Steve Martin has sort of like a, a crisis of conscience where he's like, I don't know if I could do this. Like he's such a nice guy, and he was saying all this about like finally a group of people who like me for me. I don't know if I can take advantage of him this way. Um, and Jamie Kennedy sort of like talks him down from that. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you'll do, you'll do, uh, what's right here. Um, but they feel like they got to finish this movie. Um, so they need, they need this final scene. They need Eddie Murphy to scream, uh, gotcha suckers suckers at the top (laughs) of the observatory. Um, so they get in a car chase with him, uh, but it's the the sexy actor guy, lead actor guy, is driving in reverse. So he's driving in reverse. Uh, Eddie Murphy's car is now also driving in reverse. And then a police car comes, and it's a three-car chase. And they're filming it all. Behind these trees. Behind a tree. Attached a to an ice cream truck. Yeah. Um, so uh, very inventive on their part. Um Heather Graham uh, gets him uh, like she runs in. She gets in a fight. Uh, she gets him in the car and is like trying to tell him what's going on. Like, this is how you defeat the aliens. Right. They get all the way up to the top of the, the writer alien guy, though, is the one. The reason he gets in the car is because yeah. the writer alien guy formed this hat yes. to make guts come out of his head. And he sits his one moment in the film where he's like, Arr! and it, all this stuff starts cutting down. And then Eddie Murphy's like, oh, yeah, I'll get in that car. And then his arm falls off. His arm also. falls off. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then they on their way to the observatory. So on their way to the observatory, they get up and she's just like keeps popping up and being like, yes, I got you suckers gotta say gotcha suckers gotta say gotcha suckers and he like won't do it he's so freaked out and then helicopters from Mindhead come in and shut the whole thing down they think they're gonna have to scrap this whole movie because they didn't get that final line sometimes people who are paranoid are actually paranoid for a reason is what like the lead guy in Mindhead says like because they're being followed 
So they come in and they're like, oh, we have all this B-roll. We've been following him around in case we need to patch things together. And he's like, oh, I, like, I don't know why you're showing this to me. And he's like, just look through it. They look through it. And uh, it's been a recurring thing where Eddie Murphy's been like, I really want to show my junk to the Laker girls. And my head keeps being like, please don't show your junk to the Laker girls. He's like, oh, but I really want to. I want to show it. Yeah. And then so we have, uh, we get an image of him in the front row of the Laker game with the Laker <laughs> girls. And he's just like stewing. Yeah. And then we get after the game, he puts a bag over his head and then goes and exposes himself and they just laugh hysterically. So they take this footage to Mindhead and they're like, we could ruin this guy. He's your biggest donor. What can you do for us? And then we got to the premiere and everyone's enjoying themselves. We uh, we get the gotcha suckas line yep. at the end. Robert Downey Jr. notices his car is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a lot of things all fall into place. Um, and then we find out that, uh, w- w- the thing that I identified most with in this entire movie is Steve Martin is just a dude who loves to get mail. Yeah. Because he, well, he, he's been waiting for a FedEx guy <laughs> to feel important. He never gets FedEx. He never gets FedExes. At the end of the movie, FedEx comes slow motion, gives him a package. It's a script. He's being offered to direct a movie in Taiwan. And Fake person ninjas. Fake person ninjas. And it's a great callback because in the beginning of the movie, he does say one day that truck is going to come in here and casually throw a uh, an envelope on my desk and then I'll know I've made it. Yep. And then the, the callback in the end is so great because it's like lit up and it's slow-mo. It's so corny. And then also super corny that it's starring Jif, not Kit. <laughs> it's starring his brother. And we we see a little clip of that and he is, let me tell you, Jif, not an action guy. No. He's very uh, tentative, let's say, in fighting. I watched that scene and uh-huh. I was like, they turn themselves over? Like, I didn't know that <laughs> in the stunts. They don't even need, like, I was like, oh, they're going to use his arm, maybe. They don't. They don't even touch no. you. And they just flip themselves over. And I, this movie, the end of it, I was like, I had no idea. I thought at least the other partner helped him. Nope. They offer no help in this, and it's amazing. Just a lot of core strength. So good. That's all it is. Uh, so at the end of every show, what we started doing is rating the movie. Mm. Um, do you feel like this was guilty but terrible, guilty but amazing, or just a guilty movie pleasure? <sighs> Man, guilty but amazing. I'm going for it. It's rated 81% Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 6.7 on IMDb. So I think enough people like it. It is kind of a like a guilty player because of how corny it is. Yes. It's not like, wow, amazing cinematography, great film. No. But it's a guilty pleasure that I think when you invite people over, they're going to get a laugh or two. I would also say like what we talked about earlier, on in the pantheon of Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin movies, this is not the first one that comes to mind. So I think that if, if I were to go to someone and say, I love Bowfinger, they'd be like, really? What? Other? Yeah. So <laughs> guilty in that respect, but it's an... It's so many laughs in this movie. It was so well played for what it was. I would also say guilty but amazing. Ryan, see Bowfinger, please. Yeah, I watched it. I rewatched it last week with a friend who had never seen it. Yeah. And then after he was like, that was a really good movie. And we talked all about Eddie Murphy's performance. Yes. That was so amazing. Why isn't talked about more? Had a bunch of con- fun conversations about it. And it's still, that is my everyday of being like Bowfinger and people be like, what, 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 what what's that? Um, so watch it. So there you go. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I hope we we inspired you to watch it today. 
Um, Tara, where can we find you on social media? Yes, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Tara Erickson. That's T-A-R-A-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Please find me on YouTube under Tara Erickson and IMDB. Please. Thank you. There we go. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse for Sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find us at Guilty Movie Guys. Don't forget to rate and review. And we will see you next time. What is your Guilty Movie Pleasure? Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.